Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, a podcast against shame. I hope you're well. I am, uh, I'm still fucking sick. I can't believe it. I still feel like shit. It's been weeks. I'm so annoyed, but I'm getting better and I'm back at work and I have a fresh, brand new, hot off the press episode for you with a joy of a human. Her name is Atsuko Akatsuka. And if you aren't yet familiar with her work, go and find it. She's a huge new rising star in comedy. She's about to drop her first ever big HBO special this fall and everyone is talking about her. So I was super lucky to get time with her this week to sit down and talk about her extraordinary life and what a wild journey her and her family have had together. It's honestly one of the most bonkers stories I've ever heard. And she's incredibly stoic throughout all of it. She's been through it all. She's She's had a, a mother she was terrified of who, who had severe mental health issues. She was kind of raised by her grandmother, taken away from her dad without her consent as a child, which meant becoming estranged from him during really formative years. She was taken to another country without knowing she was actually moving there, then had to live as an undocumented immigrant in the United States, all while dealing with an eating disorder and then finding herself as a fully grown adult who has arrested development which I think many of us can relate to, especially if we haven't had traditional childhoods. And so we talk all about that in a very honest, real, unpretentious and shameless way. And I love her vulnerability. It's almost alarming and just so refreshing how honest she is about all of the thoughts that occur in her head. And I think that's why she's a really popular comedian right now. I think people feel very safe with her. There's something very, and I mean this in a lovely way, like very vulnerable and childlike about her, whilst this woman has also lived about a thousand lives. And so I'd love to hear if you feel seen or heard by this episode, especially if you are an immigrant, someone who has lived with an eating disorder, someone who who has found themselves as an adult thinking, fucking hell, do I really have to be held responsible for everything now? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm sure many of us feel that way, way more often than we feel allowed to say. And so this episode is for you. So go find her online, go follow her everywhere you can, watch her special when it comes out later this year, and please enjoy the excellent Asuka Akatsuka. Welcome to Iway. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Jamila. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God. And you look amazing. I wish everyone could see you right now. Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, I want to, I, I always try to put makeup on first thing in the morning just so that I could be like, wake up, bitch, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is it every single morning? Yeah, I try. I try to so that 
I feel like I'm going to have to present myself, you know, even if I'm going to see nobody that day. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You see, I feel like I, I flit between made up like I am now, uh-huh. um, between that and then just Saddam Hussein at the very end of his life. I don't know if you've ever seen those mm. pictures of him fresh out the cave. That uh, is wild. That okay. is oh. a, a strong image for me. I'd say I, I, I live on a kind of 50, 50 basis. Anyone who follows me on Instagram kind of mm-hmm. sees both. Sorry to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm starting to realize, you know, he had a very, at least he went natural, right? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. None of this uh, threading or Botox. Oh, how, <laughs> how lucky, how lucky he is. He had no pressures of society to put on the makeup and, you know, to use the great hair products, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, before before we both have any of his supporters coming after us. Oh, oh yeah, right. Of course. Sorry. I want to start with the light and breezy question I start many of these episodes with, which is, how's your mental health been your whole life? My whole life. Yeah. yeah. It's my whole life. You know, Wait, truly. we can start with right now. How are you feeling at the moment? At the moment, you know, I always think that like, I'm doing pretty good. You know, but then, you know, in moments of silence, in moments of when I watch a movie, sometimes I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be crying this much, you know, Mm. and uh, and I go, oh, maybe I am unwell. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Come on. This is Jurassic World Dominion. Am I supposed (laughs) to be weeping my eyes out the whole time? You know what I mean? And I go, oh, you know, I don't currently have a therapist. And, right. You know, which means I'm raw dogging it. I'm just raw dogging it out on the butt on the world. This is my authentic self. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And wh- why is that? Is that a deliberate choice to see what's going to happen? I think it is because I'm optimistic and I think that I am doing okay, you know, but I'm such a workaholic that I think I don't check in with myself. And so it is those moments where, you know, I'm on an airplane and I'm watching Jurassic World Dominion, for example. That's when I realize and I'm trapped and I literally have nowhere to go. I'm in the air. (laughs) You know, that's that's when I'm reminded, Okay, maybe maybe you've been sort of pushing down your actual feelings because you just keep working and working and having this positive attitude. And so so whatever you want to call that, how am I doing mentally? I would say, some would say that's unwell. <laughs> okay. Do you think having said all that now, you will go and find a therapist? I think I will. And I maybe the holidays are a good time to mm. sort of invest in something like that, you know. Well, it's family time, isn't it? Especially. And so mm-hmm. it's a time where as workaholics, you can't get away from that. And I know that family has been a really you've had a fascinating life and a huge journey with your family and especially your mother and also your grandmother in many ways um and also your dad actually now come to think of it but it's been (laughs) such a a key part of I guess your journey with your mental health not meaning to speak for you but would it be fair for me to say such a thing correct yeah 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 and thanks for being my therapist today Uh, and bringing up the things that I think a therapist would in our first session. Yeah, I'd like to bring it all up to the surface and then say goodbye to you. uh, And leave you with that. Yeah, 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 of course, Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, But I would love to talk to you a little bit about your relationship with your family, your history with your family and how those things that happened when you were young have kind of left an impression on you now. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I live in Los Angeles, but my move to the States, you know, was based on a lie, right? <laughs> By my grandma. My grandma told me we were coming here for a two month vacation. And then, so I pack lightly. I was also 10 years old. So, you know, like a check-in bag was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had a whole life, you had friends, you had a little community, your dad was still there. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. All of that was there and I was coming back to it in two months, I thought. And then two months turned into three months and three months turned into four months. I was enrolled in school suddenly. It wasn't a summer vacation anymore. And then, um, yeah. And then my father and I lost touch. I was still writing him. I don't know what it was. I think I was in denial. I knew that we were staying in the States because, you know, I can count. (laughs) I was 10, but I could count. when it's been three months, (laughs) you know, when we've overstayed the promised time. And, uh, but I was in denial and I was afraid of what the truth was going to be. And the truth was that my grandma had moved us to the States, you know, Um, but without getting, we overstayed our tourist visas. So we didn't have the paperwork to be here. So we were suddenly undocumented and we were living in my uncle's garage you know, to sort of not be in the public eye as much. Um, and yeah, so, so that was a tough time for me. But it was a tough time that occurred because a tough time was happening back at home, right? Your mother is uh, schizophrenic and mm-hmm. she wasn't diagnosed for a long time. She went kind of untreated for schizophrenia. Yes, and so that's partially sure. why your grandmother decided to, I still don't think that the way that you were told was fair, but, uh, <laughs> but you. your grandmother, uh, it sounds like wanted to get your mother out of there to try to kind of save her life. And, and I, I love the fact that it was partially your mother's like belief of what America is represented as, especially mm-hmm. in Hollywood and in movies. It's like this kind of land where everything good can happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It worked out for the full house family. For the yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we were watching. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and so that's, that's something you've been living with. So, I mean, had that impacted you at that point by the age of 10, like your mother's mental health problems? Cause schizophrenia, I've, I, you know, I've had uh, a lot of members of my family who have schizophrenia. It's a really, really tricky thing to live with, especially when you're a child, still piecing together the information as to what that actually is and learning how For to sure. not take someone else's per, uh, behavior personally, because you're just a kid. Right, right. I was scared of my mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of lived in this, I lived in this sort of constant fear of my mom. My grandma was sort of my caretaker. I saw her as more the mom. And you know, I was trying to live day to day, honestly, because there was still regular 10 year old stuff that I was dealing with, like making friends, dealing with my crushes at school. <laughs> homework was way too easy just because I had moved from the from Japan. <laughs> so at yeah. first, homework was way too easy. <laughs> and <laughs> it's something only Asians is the, we understand. <laughs> yeah, at the time, don't don't get me wrong. But, no, 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 no. I know it catches up. Oh, in high school, I was failing. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. but you know, all of that stuff, I think I was sort of pushing it down initially mm-hmm. and it didn't really affect me till, you know, my mother. Yeah. So my mother, you know, gets seizures like three to four times a week as well. Um, that's, I think it's a separate thing from the schizophrenia because she's had epilepsy since she was like mm-hmm. 14 
And so I was seeing her suffer constantly and fighting the voices in her head. And, you know, when she would throw temper tantrums from the paranoias, it got really intense. She would throw plates and stuff. And I was, I just grew up being scared of her and not trusting her. And so, but I just kept trying to like do homework and try to make friends. And my grandma enrolled me in extracurricular activities. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until middle school that I think it really started affecting me. And I, it was in the form of uh, an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. We're very you know. similar people. Yeah. <laughs> me and yeah. you, you know, I always tell people, me and her, we're twins. Yeah, we have, the, we have the fringes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, The no, same I, career. You know, the, yeah, when- <laughs> exactly. exactly. But, um, but, I, but I do think that, uh, I do think it's really interesting how we push the pain down sometimes into our bodies and kind of take it out on our bodies. And I was, mm-hmm. I was also in, in high school. Well, no, not high school. I mean, I guess I was, it was called secondary school where I'm from. I was about 11 or 12 when my eating disorder started. And it was very much so something where I wanted to be in control of something and, mm-hmm. and the eating sort of made me feel in control, but also I wanted to be thin enough for my just to impress my family, make my thinness was something that my family really valued all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and society valued like my confidence was low because I hadn't been built up properly by my family because they were just dealing with their own right mental health issues. And so it just leaves all these kind of gaps in you that I imagine you've spent a large amount of time trying to fill by yourself. For sure. Yeah. And it sounds like you reached it earlier than me. And that's another Mm -hmm. thing I think that it affected me sort of mentally, emotionally. I had mentioned to you that, you know, I feel I'm very stunted as an adult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a weird one where I feel as though there's one big difference in how we experience the mental health problems of our family members in that. And it's it's impacted us both very differently as we've gotten older as well, which is that at the age of about between seven and nine, I became a carer to all those family members because nobody could keep their shit together. It was mm-hmm. just chaos in, in the household. And you had, and, and that was very unhelpful to me because I became like a 40 year old by the time I was 10, you know, like I, oh, yeah. I knew things, I knew practicalities that, I, that I, I shouldn't have had to understand at such an age. But at the same time, you were so sheltered by your grandmother Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Like your your grandmother took like on the bulk of your your mother's mental health, and so it. So when you talk about being stunted, like a kind of arrested development, you're referring <laughs> to your grandmother kind of sheltering you from everything, which then meant that you developed later. Yeah, I feel like my self awareness came way later, you know, um, and. The ability to even, you know, if you don't have self-awareness, you have a hard time doing things like making friends, you know. For the longest time, my grandma was like my best friend, my only best friend, my only friend, (laughs) which sounds quirky now, you know. Um, And she is still my best friend. But at the time, it's like, "Mm, girl, go and make some actual friends your age. okay? (laughs) you know, because having (laughs) having someone 50 years older than you be your best friend is not sustainable. Mm hmm. You know, they got other things to do. They got life to live. And, you know, they can't do everything with you. They can't go rollerblading with you. They have bad knees. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but because my grandma, you know, from the lies to trying to protect me from, you know, telling me the truth about, hey, we're undocumented now. 
or, hey, your mom has a mental illness, stuff like that. She sheltered me. So, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, it, it, it just took me longer for these traumas to hit. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I talk a lot about this when I talk about parenting, that we have to not consider ignorance and innocence mutually exclusive. Like sometimes, mm. sometimes sheltering someone too much can actually leave them more vulnerable later. You know, so when it comes to yeah. conversations around sex or consent or any of these things, yes. you can just find a way to communicate to a child in a way. I mean, God, no, I'm not saying this, like I'm not critiquing your grandmother in any way. She comes from a completely different generation and they had no access to the internet or parenting, but all these different things Like we've all been able to learn from the mistakes of our predecessors. Mm -hmm. and she, like she is, <laughs> she's two generations, three generations back. So, but I do think that it is something valuable for us to learn now for anyone out there who's got kids who feels as though they want to hide them from all of the evils in the world all of the sad and painful things happening in the household. Don't do that. Find sugar-coated ways to explain to kids what's going on because I think the biggest trauma happens from surprise and surprise happens when we have absolutely no idea what's coming. I 100% agree. Oh yeah, my my grandma told me and it's the generational thing too. Mm -hmm. You know, so I joke that, uh, you know, someone 50 years older than me taught me how to socialize. So mm -hmm. when I would try to make friends as a kid, I was always like telling war stories and stuff, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Inviting them for knitting. Oh yeah, I was trying to trade food recipes, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. turns out fellow fifth graders uh, didn't really care about the fermenting process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, you know, and so there was already a big enough gap. And then she barely knew what, how sex worked too. I feel like, because in her generation, I feel like she had sex like three times and that was it. Got knocked up all three times. Those are my kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she told me that boys get their periods too. It, <laughs> <laughs> she did. Jamila, look at me. Shut up. <laughs> no, she no. told me. No, and she told me it's just theirs is white. Oh. That's what she, I know, I know. Sorry, TMI. TMI. <laughs> Should have came with a warning. But she told me that. So imagine my shock. Imagine my shock when I had sex for the first time and mm -hmm. the guy finished. I was like, oh my God. And I came on his made, period. Yeah. I was like, I just made you start your period. You know, I was like, congratulations. Uh, uh, you're a woman now. You know, the things I was told. <laughs> So yeah, surprises, like you said, surprises are even worse because then you, you know, uh, the traumas hit harder. Well, you've got I feel no like. tools, right? You have no tools then because you're in shock from what's happened. You haven't really heard enough about it. You don't know what to do. Like you've got to give kids the tools to, to go through life and, and have any idea of what, because it's, they're not always going to turn to you immediately. It would be ideal if they did, but they're not mm -hmm. always going to turn to you immediately. And so it's vital that you give them something to start off with themselves. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week 
you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel. You know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week. You just have this complete freedom. Honestly, I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant. It's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Can you talk to me about the ways more specifically in which you feel stunted? Yeah, so uh, basic questions from little things like, I just learned how to clean the lint tray out of the dryer for the first time Mm -hmm. because my grandma wouldn't have me do chores. In fact, my mom would stop her from teaching me chores because my mom also, you know, didn't want me to grow up too fast. They were both trying to, in their weird ways, protect me from, you know, the truths of the world because the truths hurt, you know. Maybe if she doesn't grow up, she'll always be this innocent, happy kid or something like that, you know. So I, I never learned chores. Um, and, you know, to, to basic things like now that I'm an adult, right, how do you make friends? How do you make friends as an adult? <laughs> Do you just go up to people and go, hello, what's your favorite color? Like you used to as a kid, you know, I feel like it was easier as a kid because we all had school, we had classes, you had to do projects together. So at least you would socialize. But as adults, everyone pretty much already has their friends, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, right? They're like, these are my group of friends. We've been friends since, I don't know, 14 19, whatever. And we just knew that we wouldn't change too much. Also, how do you know that? (laughs) Sorry, I'm asking so many questions, but how do you know at a young age, like, I don't know, 16, that this is you and your friend is that personality and you all mesh. And no matter how much you change, it won't be such drastic changes that you'll continue being friends at 35. You know what I mean? (laughs) Do you have many friends from back then? I don't. A lot of my friends now are from the comedy community, from doing Mm -hmm. stand-up comedy, 
from being on the same lineups because you need a common enemy. <laughs> and the common enemy is maybe having to perform and put your, you know, heart out there for the, for everybody, right?、Mm-hmm. So you have this common struggle that you can、uh, relate to and, You know, or else just being out and about at a bar, I, I don't really know how to make a new friend, or do I not need to? I mean, I don't think bars are meant for talking about anything or engaging with people in any way. I think it's for us to look at each other and find each other sexy and then go home and talk there or not <laughs> talk there. I'd like, I, God, they're so fucking loud. I hate bars. They're so they fucking are, loud. They're they loud and they're smelly and the lights are very strange. <laughs>、uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't look to meet your friends at a bar. I like the fact that you're making friends at work. I think that's the only way I make friends. But generally, you know, I,、uh, I, for different reasons, because, you know, I, I was like this sort of middle aged old man living、mm-hmm. in an 11 year old's body. I couldn't、mm-hmm. relate at all to any of the kids around me. And, you know, I'm、right. socially, I've, I've always been socially odd as well, very starey.、Um, I've, I've been working <laughs> on my stariness.、Uh, <laughs> I don't stare at people when they're looking at me. I, in fact, I, I, I avert eye contact when people are looking at me, but when they're not looking at me, I used to stare at them all the time because I was just kind of studying people、mm. uh, to understand them. So I got, yeah, I, I think I carried me. I'm a little old, little old guy.、Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so I didn't have a lot of friends and, and f- for most of my youth. And then at 19, I kind of met this core group of boys. And I'm 36 now, and they all still live in my house. And we all live in a house together.、Mm-hmm. Because once I got to LA, I had the same thing. And I think a lot of adults have this. And a lot of us, considering the statistics on loneliness in The world, especially in the United States and the United Kingdom, places that seem so social and happy in the media, loneliness is at like 70% or more, especially after the pandemic. And、oh, yeah. we don't know how to say, I don't know how to make friends, but I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, that's why I don't. There's all these dating shows, right? About、mm-hmm. finding your love, finding your partner, romantic partner. No, give me a reality show where you ha- teach me how to make friends. Pair oh adults, my God,、uh, should we make that show together? Isn't it brilliant? Just two weirdos. Yeah. Two weirdos <laughs> helping、yeah. other weirdos find their weirdos. Yeah, like we only, yeah. There's, you're the weirdo that made your friends from when you were 19 move in with you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You still live with them. I made them move to the other side of the world to be with <laughs> me because I knew I wouldn't be able to hack it on my own in America. Exactly. And I think there's other people like us out there that、mm-hmm. are like, oh, sure, okay,、uh, The Bachelor, Love is Blind. Oh, great, great, great. People are finding their loves. But it's like, how about that? How about a friend? <laughs> Yeah, because also friendships are some of the great loves of my life. You know, that's where I get so much of, so much of my emotional nutrients from our, our friends. And so it's、yeah. a vital thing. Like this, this idea of spousal living being the only kind of true love is fucking ridiculous. I agree. And you need friends first to be able to start dating. Who are you going to call when someone breaks your heart or someone is lame、mm-hmm. or someone stood you up? Right. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, Are you looking for more friends now? Oh, is this a game show? No, no, gonna, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to put a call out? Back yeah, I have out? three contestants here.、Um, no, I was, just, I was just wondering like, do you feel a sense of loneliness now? Do you feel as though you, you wish you had more friends in your life or do you feel sated with your comedy community? 
I feel I feel pretty fulfilled now. And you know, I was partly joking about finding friends, but also serious because if I wanted to, you know, I was just so I'm just so curious and I want to find my mom friends and I want to help her do that, you know, Mm. so things like that, because my mom truly does not have any friends. Her only uh, people are me, my grandma and my husband, you know, Mm. and uh, when me and my husband, when I'm touring and my husband tours with me, he sort of produces a lot of my shows, um, you know, and my grandma is busy, you know, my mom has nobody. And so, you know, asking these things for a friend. (laughs) Yeah, for everyone, for all of the people who feel too scared to ask that question. But I cannot stress enough that if you are someone who's listening to this, who feels that way, you're so so not alone. It is tricky. It's not impossible. The only advice I have, I think kind of similarly to yours is just to, to go where you love and find Mm -hmm. the other people who love that place and then try to connect with them over that. Right. Right. Even if it is at a noisy bar with weird vibing. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to yuck your yum, whatever that is, whatever Mm -hmm. you love, go there. And I think you won't see Jamila at that bar. (laughs) You will not. (laughs) And honestly, seeing me out in the world is like a rare sighting of Bigfoot. I mm. do not like to go outside. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a house it's cat. It's so interesting. In our whole conversation, you have, you have compared yourself to two beings. One was Bigfoot, and the other was Saddam Hussein before his <laughs> being caught. Well, I have a so. very high opinion of myself. So, <laughs> learn something from me. <laughs> I do. You know, you talk about the fact that your, um, your mother is kind of on her own and a little bit in a state of dependency and your grandmother is is with us now not as in literally right now right here (laughs) but your grandmother is around and doing her own thing and living her life Mm -hmm. but when we were talking on the phone you mentioned the fact that you know there will be a day that comes where maybe your grandmother can't look after your mother so much anymore and you will be the person that takes over and then you sometimes feel complex feelings around that there's a lot of guilt yeah, for sure. There's guilt now because I'm not the main caretaker. But, you know, I have to also think longevity. There's a lot of gratefulness, too, because mm-hmm. of the sacrifices my grandma's making, you know, with still caring for her daughter after. My gosh, my grandma's 87. She's still caring for her daughter, you know. Um Maybe she had dreams of retiring and things like this, but she still cares for her daughter. And so that's where the gratefulness, but also the guilt comes because I get Mm. to freaking be a stand up comedian as my career. I get to just tell jokes. I get to tour. I get to see the world, you know, while my grandma and my mom are sort of stuck together like Grey Gardens, the documentary, (laughs) you know, and And that's why, maybe that's why I'm a workaholic too, because I want to like, I need to make that money so that I can get that guest house for my mom to live in, you know, Mm -hmm. so that um, we can have a caretaker that we can pay for if we need to be on tour, you know, things like this, right? You know, I, I'm the lucky one, but they, you know, they came here hoping that I would do something like this <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to suffer like they did, you know? And so I'm torn because I, I am getting to not suffer like they did, you know? It is qu- like, 
it's pretty phenomenal that, I mean, a lot of people come here in pursuit of the American dream and never quite find the exact form of the American dream that people get sold. But you actually came here undocumented and then became famous. <laughs> and now you're on the TV. Like This is, you recognize how wild that is, right? It, it is wild. The countless stories of people who make that journey here and go through all of that, who, whose kid or grandchild doesn't end up actually smashing the exact quote unquote American dream is mm-hmm. fucking bonkers. Yeah, no. And I keep, I always think about it. I'm like one she of the lucky ones. She must feel so smug. Your grandmother must feel so fucking smug. The epitome of mm-hmm. I knew it. <laughs> I hope so. You know what? I hope so. Because she doesn't quite understand how the industry works and mm-hmm. how it translates, you know, um, or what money is or in the industry. And you know what I mean? What being known is. All she knows is, I mean, it is wild. This 87-year-old woman, you know, who was also undocumented too, and her her husband was murdered in Taiwan and has been caring for her daughter with schizophrenia and epilepsy since she was born. Um, my grandma's gone through all that. And now, my grandma is because of me. She has, uh, you know, people, people recognize her in the streets too now. And she has 17,000 followers on Twitter, which isn't bad for a grandma who's just trying to be a grandma. I know. I mean, this is down to partially the drop challenge, right? Like you were the starter of the (laughs) drop challenge to Beyonce's beat. That's right. Yeah. We both accidentally started that challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Accidentally. But even before that, you know, because she would make appearances on my social media. um, It's just funny. It's like, she's like, I don't have a need for Twitter. Mm -hmm. I come on here maybe once a month just to tell everyone I love them. And boom, every time she tells everyone she, she loves them, 17,000 likes, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it is wild. It is wild. You know, she, I, w- I don't know if she's smug, but if she knew what it really meant, you know, and really thought about all the things she went through, maybe she would be, you know, impressed. I hope she is. I'm wishing for smugness. I think very few people deserve it, but I think she would. What, <laughs> ama- what an amazing woman. And what a huge, what a huge undertaking of on your own raising a child and then a grandchild at the same time. Because I know that, you know, you say that she pretty much raised you. And Mm -hmm. so you're extremely close. Can I ask what your relationship with your mother's like now? Yeah, my mother. So I used to be scared of her, like Mm -hmm. I said. And then, you know, as a teenager, uh, I went through that phase where I ran away (laughs) I, I found a boyfriend. I moved What do you mean? As in you literally ran out, ran away, like and you left your home without your parents knowing and went no, on the run? not run away, oh, but right. like I got out of there fast, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, by going, I have a boyfriend now. I won't be a burden here anymore. Goodbye. You have more space in the garage now. There's one less person. <laughs> by the way, a garage is a lot. It's, it's not enough space to hold uh, bulimia and schizophrenia. No, exactly. And, and three generations of women. <laughs> not enough space, not at all. So I, you know, I was like, I, I think I'm doing us a favor. I'm leaving, you know, I'm 17 now. There's a boyfriend that uh, is going to let me move in with him and his dad. So I went and did that. Um, gosh, sorry. I'm trying to get back to the question, but it kind of, it kind of left my brain. I was asking you how your relationship is with your mother now. 
That's right. And so during that time, I thank you. <laughs> thank you, Doctor. That's right. I'm just digging through all of your wounds. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Thrilled yeah. to know that you have no emotional support on the other side of that uh, no. from a therapist. <laughs> no, I feel like, do you take Venmo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. Once the hour's up, I'll, I'll Venmo you. Um, but so... So during that time, and I was gone for, gosh, maybe seven years, I didn't see my mom as much. But then when I would, I started feeling um, more sorry for her and wanting to show up for her more. And, um, you know, when, when I when, uh, when I no longer lived in Santa Clarita, <laughs> and I say I moved away, but it was literally from Los Angeles to Santa Clarita, which is a 30-minute drive. Mm-hmm. But it was um, far enough for me, you know, where I didn't have to live in that darkness, you know, in that garage. Now our relationship is stronger and closer than ever because I I had that time off to sort of be and get in toxic relationships, even though they were romantic. And, you know, I was getting laid, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I needed that time to grow away from my mom and grandma by myself and realize, oh my gosh, you know, don't be scared of your mom. She's going through a lot. Be there for her even more, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, we even have times where we have fun together now. That's great. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel, do you ever have feelings of anger that you needed to overcome or resentment or any of those things that I think a lot of people feel because they're too young to understand that someone can't help it? Yeah, there's sometimes a little bit of resentment with my grandma, you know, only because I wish she would have taught me the chores and taught me things like, I don't know, don't go to bed. I didn't know this until like a month ago. That you're not supposed to go to bed when you're when you're so tired you can't even get up anymore. You're supposed to prep yourself for bed and then slowly go to sleep. Did you know this? <laughs> No, I feel like not everyone's grandmothers teach them that. Okay, I just didn't know that. I, (laughs) you know, where it's like I would have, I would be dragging my feet. It's so hard to even get that toothbrush in my mouth. I'm Mm -hmm. like about to fall over, like that tired to go to bed. I didn't know it's this thing where it's like, okay, y'all, we're going to bed now. So, so because your grandmother was shielding you from your mother, there were no feelings of really resentment for the for the fear that you felt and everything. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't feel resentment towards my mom. Just grandma that maybe, you know, she didn't make me a more useful person. (laughs) But in about 10, 20 years time, those tips she gave you about being friends, about how to make friends are going to come in real fucking handy. All those (laughs) recipes, the knitting groups, all of that Uh shit. It's going to be deeply Mm. handy. All those stories about about the war. war. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to be the most popular... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> popular grandma yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no because by then the fellow grandmas will be like wanting to talk about their favorite tiktoks oh god it's so it's so weird <laughs> want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. 
So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I'd love to talk about your dad a little bit because, you know, you feel as though your mother's mental health was partially why it was hard for them to stay together. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think it was a big part of it. Right. Yeah. And so... They fell in love on a game show, which I think is one of the Mm -hmm. most unusual meet-cutes I've ever heard. All of it is not usual. Yeah. And there's some resentment there, too, where it's like, gosh, my life just started as a joke, didn't it, you know? Um, But my grandma didn't feel like, you know, you know, in some cultures, and it's a generational thing, too, where, you know, a woman turns turns 30 and it's like, what's wrong with her? Why is she single, right? (laughs) So that's what happened to my mom. She was in her her 30s, and I was like, whoa. Well, she does. She's she's never even had a romantic partner, you know. We have to go to another country to find her someone. So my grandma answered an ad in the newspaper, went from Taiwan to Japan, brought my mom. Well, she loves flipping countries, doesn't she? She loves just to up and go. Yeah, she's just like Carmen San Diego. It's like, <laughs> oh okay, you got you rich now? Just suddenly buying plane tickets for better opportunities. Sometimes that's how much people don't want to go to go see like a therapist, you know, they go, it's not me, it's the environment. So I'm going to (laughs) move. Yeah. If I pick up and leave this whole country, things will get better. So she met your dad, they had you, Mm -hmm. they broke up after not, not very long. And then you were taken on a two month holiday that turned out to be the rest of your life to the other side of the world. Mm hmm. And you didn't get to see your dad for a really long time because when you're undocumented, which you were for seven years, right? Mm -hmm. It means that you can't leave the country, otherwise they'll catch you on your way in or out. Right, yeah. Yeah. My God. And so (laughs) over time, you've kind of rebuilt that relationship, right, with your father because so much must have been forgotten. Yes, for sure. And he missed out on so much, you know, which I felt... And there's guilt there, too, on my part. I feel so bad. I'm Most nights I go to bed going, gosh, I should call my dad really quick. Or I wish I could call my mom one more time just to let them know everything's okay. Because they feel guilt, too. You know, my dad also feels guilt that he didn't maybe try to stop all that from happening. You know, Did he know that you were leaving forever? I don't quite know. I feel like he maybe did, but I think we were all kind of in denial. My family doesn't talk about things. They're not good about talking about things. They'd rather just surprise each other with secrets. (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah, Um, they would love a surprise party, but uh, no, they, yeah, it's, it's weird. They'd rather just not talk about it. So I don't quite know if my dad ever knew that it was going to be permanent. The thing is, if you're not really studying immigration law do you really know all that stuff that that you know if you overstay your tourist visa in the states you can't leave again you know what i mean surely he thought i could still visit japan once in a while but 
I couldn't, you know, it was a shock to me. So, you know, there's a lot of like weird holes there where I don't know what the actual truth was. And I'm scared to talk about it with my dad because that was such a heartbreaking time for us. And Mm -hmm. so we lost touch. We didn't talk for a long time. And then he was like, I'm going to come visit Los Angeles. Why not? You are like 15 now, (laughs) you know? And so he came and it was awkward because suddenly we were strangers. And yeah, but because of that, you know, uh, I I feel closest to my dad, I I think, out of the, the three. He knows my true authentic self, I feel like the most. Because you have to protect him from anything? I think so. And I know I will maybe not see him again for a few years every time I see him. Right. So he knows like my, how, how I drink and stuff like that, that I won't do in front of my grandma. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, maybe your grandma likes a drink. Yeah. I, I've offered it to her. She, she calls it too spicy. (laughs) <laughs> whatever that means i think it's just a burning sensation of vodka yeah yeah i imagine it's not like not amazing on the gut of an 87 year old to be fair so you've rebuilt your relationship with your dad you mm-hmm. are rebuilding your relationship with your mother who mm-hmm. at some point you will have to have a very intensely one-on-one relationship with mm-hmm. you're very close to your grandmother do you think you're going to extend your family Oh, no, no. All the things we talked about, Jamila, do you think any of that should ever be repeated ever again? No, no way. Listen, it ends it's here. not for me to say, but I did wonder. I was like, I can't wait to find out your your stance on children. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. No, let me figure out how to make an adult friend that's not from my workplace first. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Yeah. Let me figure out, you know, gosh, how to, you know... Let me figure out. I mean, out. I can see your house, like from you know here, oh. and I can the, the the mirror or something. I think is showing off the rest. It looks very tidy. You look like you have your shit together. Thank you. Also, your your hair is cut to to literal perfection. So I so I look much. at you and I don't see someone stunted. Just for whatever it's worth. Thank you so much. Well, the tidiness. I have this thing called a husband. I have my husband who is very, uh, this is the fun fact. My husband's mom actually also has schizophrenia, mm-hmm. um, which is, it was just like a freak thing. It wasn't like we try to look for that. We weren't. Yeah, there isn't a special app. For, yeah, yourmomtube.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, he just, you know, he wasn't sheltered. So he had to do chores and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so he, he's an adult with tidiness and cleanliness and things like that. So he keeps the house this nice. God, you um, hit the fucking jackpot, didn't you? It's just, I think, a normal person. I, it's just, just, I'm just behind. <laughs> right. I hit the jackpot. <laughs> I, it was just everyone else was raised right. Right, right, That's right, all. right, right. Yeah. It could have been, you know, yeah. <laughs> you would know, right? Like you, yeah. if I moved in with you, it'd be like, oh, place is tidy. And, you know, yes. you would have to tell me once in a while, let's go. Mop. <laughs> do you know what that is? And so <laughs> you know. your, is your grandmother and are your, like, your family is okay with the fact that you're, you're not going to have children? Oh, yeah, yeah. My grandma, my grandma. Well, she's probably fucking terrified she'll have to raise them as well. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Can you imagine us having a kid and then 
Yeah, we drop off the baby at her doorstep. She's like, oh, third one, third time. Third time's the charm, Grandma. <laughs> no, she's so stoked. She knows what would happen. She knows we would drop the kid off and then be like, we're moving to Santa Clarita. Like, <laughs> you know, like I yeah. did when I was younger. Also, um, I guess looking after a parent at that stage of life sometimes can feel like you have your own kid. And so you'll be looking mm-hmm. after your grandmother and mother at some point and you're and then you'll still have your whole big American dream career to kind of look after. I personally am also, you know, not going to have children just because I think the bloodline needs to end here and now. Yeah. Woo. Yes. I support. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I support this thinking process. It's, I mean, we are twins. I mean, I don't, and you know, we've seen the world lately, you know, I just, and you're right about the caretaking of my mom and grandma. You know, I'm, I am helping out in that. Yeah, your like plate's going to be full. Yeah. I get them diapers. You know, we had to get my grandma a new phone recently. That took five hours, you know, just figuring out her passwords. What, what could they possibly be? You know, things like that, that we're already having to do that you would do for a teenager, for example, when you buy mm-hmm. them a cell phone for the first time or, you know, things like this that, yeah. We already have to be there for doctor's appointments, you know. Can I ask how your family feels about you being so open about them publicly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, they they know. know. (laughs) Huh? Do they know? (laughs) Do do they know? (laughs) They know. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've come to my comedy shows. I mean, they don't understand everything I'm saying, but they, I go live, you know, I go live on Instagram and, my grandma's seen that. My grandma's joined the lives too, and she sees the real time comments. She hears the things I'm talking about, the questions that people ask, and I talk about it. I even translate it to my grandma. Grandma, they want to know when your husband died or whatever, and she'll say it. And so she, she knows that part of comedy, especially with my, the type of stand up I do, you know, mm-hmm. is being an open book. And so she's like, as long as, you know, you you get me that flight to New York. Those vacations keep coming because of your job, you know. What a gangster. I fucking love the sound of your grandmother. <laughs> she likes that tangible evidence. That's yeah, why she's yeah, not yeah. stoked about Twitter because she's like, sure, sure, I have 17,000 followers. Do they pay? And I'm like, you're right. It doesn't pay. They don't pay. They just she's follow become you a full Westerner. She's a Westerner. It's happened. <laughs> Shit has gone down and it's happened. And so, bitch needs her diapers. Can I ask? Not, not in, uh, any kind of. Um, I don't mean to be prying, but have you ever had therapy? Just after, just after hearing about all of this, did you mm-hmm. did you ever try therapy? I had a therapist when I had an eating disorder, but it was mm-hmm. like a religious one that because my my oh. uncle signed me up for it, so it was a lot of like, oh, okay, so you're throwing up. Okay, let's turn to. Uh, Job thirteen five. You know, it was like, it was like relying on the Bible for you know eating disorder. And what I really needed was like, I think cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, where we talk about the feelings and you know the struggles and and then maybe a routine to help me get out of it. Right. Um, so that didn't quite work. But yeah, where you know it was like Bible, Bible verses. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fucking ridiculous. Did, did you manage to to beat the eating disorder? Or is that something that you still carry yeah. if you didn't have very effective therapy for it? Yeah, I found routine in cheerleading. Uh, the cheerleading squad in my high school uh, let me in. 
And suddenly it was like, it's, it's kind of like the military, you know, suddenly every day, 8 to 3 p.m., you're in school from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. We practice, right? Eat something. You, and we all eat together at 7 p.m., you know, and then get home and do your homework. You better have good grades or else you can't stay on the squad. So it was this thing where, you know, I had something, a community to live for and, uh, and fight to stay in, you know, and mm. that actually helped me. I didn't have time to throw up anymore. I couldn't really binge. And, you know, suddenly I, I was busy with this routine and the squad was counting on me. I think one time I did binge and try to throw up and I was too sick to make it to practice. And because of that, um, uh, I was I was a base, which is someone who catches, you know, the people who fly in the air and then I catch mm-hmm. them. Um, but because I was missing, that group couldn't practice, you know, and and I and so it was this weird thing that kind of got me out of it. And so so since then, you've been OK. No, I mean, I was still once in a while throwing up. You know, it's it's hard to really kick because the body dysmorphia, I think, is probably still a part of me too, mm-hmm. the body dysmorphia. But why? You work in such a balanced industry that's amazing about the way that we present yeah, ourselves. Yeah, it is weird, you know. That's why <laughs> it's, yeah, that's why, you know, What's something's wrong with, wrong you? with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe you're choosing this. It's, <laughs> Well, I wonder if as a comedian, I get to have a little more free reign. I don't know, because it's like about authenticity. Nah, we've had plenty of comedians on here who struggled with eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's something yeah. That, is in, that that if you're, you know, brought up, if you're raised as, you know, someone who identifies as a woman, like it is extreme it is extremely tricky and it's it's kind of spreading now across the genders you're finding more and more boys men even comedians struggling mm-hmm. with their self-image it's just we're in a, a toxic hell fuck cycle and that's why you don't want to have more children yes, <laughs> brought into <no>. it <laughs> no exactly yeah but you know it but i don't i don't partake in the sort of um the eating disorder stuff anymore i don't know right. if it's like there's enough love in my life or support i I guess I would have to see a therapist to figure out how I was about able to kick it. So I was about to come back to that, right? Yeah. I think it's none of my fucking business and I'm happy to go fuck myself. But I would say from everything you've said to me, from everything you've been through, I mean, being raised by someone you're afraid of, being completely detached from the reality of the world, then being taken away from all your friends and family to another country, living undocumented in secret, not being able to bring friends back to your garage that you live in with your mother and grandmother, one of whom is very, very sick. You're then going through your own eating disorder. You're separated from your dad. You then have years of turmoil going, getting back together with your dad and then kind of growing up feeling slightly disorientated it sounds like in the world at times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a fu- no wonder you're fucking bursting into tears at jurassic park the mid- <laughs> like, I'd, I'd shit myself during that movie if i hadn't had if i hadn't had the amount of help that i've had now and so um, mm-hmm. take this with a complete pinch of salt but being that this is a mental health podcast i would definitely say you deserve you deserve to have someone to offload some of this stuff onto because uh, you've done a remarkable job. I mean, you seem like just the happiest and brightest human. And it sounds like you have a wonderful life and maybe you don't need it, but, mm. but, but it's, it never hurts to have someone to just 
run some of this stuff past or get it off your chest to someone because it's all a lot. And so for like, sure, you know, no, I agree. It's worth considering to anyone out there who's listening. You think that therapist I saw, the Bible therapist, <laughs> you think I should just give him a call? <laughs> given that, yeah, given that, um, given that so much of religion is uh, steeped in shame, regardless of the religion, <laughs> it is. I, I'm not sure that that's where I would necessarily recommend you to go. <laughs> Yeah, no, but, I'm sure I, I would be surprised if he's still practicing, to be honest. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> no, but no, thank you. I truly think I truly am going to take steps to see one by the holidays because that's when. Great. Yeah, I feel more the feels. We all do, you know, but yeah. For I sure. Think, mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I mean, look, come back, check in with me after you've after you've done it see what's going on i'm I'm dying to hear how you feel and and if i can ever be of any help uh with finding someone please let me know but um, you you are a remarkable person you've had a remarkable life and and i'm very excited for your uh hbo kind of your big show now that's debuting in the fall i'm so excited i hope everyone follows you and finds you online and all of your work you're an excellent stand-up and and i'm so pleased that we have someone like you in the industry thank you jamila i feel the same way about you well before you go would you mind telling me what do you weigh i weigh my unique fashion sense i weigh my empathy lots of empathy and um love that i have that i get to share with people and that's why i'm here that sounds great (laughs) is that is that enough enough pounds it's it's so enough pounds yeah (laughs) from one eating disorder survivor to another you have enough pounds well done Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and i look forward to speaking to you again soon Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Erin Finnegan and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. We also have a bonus series exclusively on Stitcher Premium called Ask Jamila Anything. Check it out. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcher.com forward slash premium and using the promo code iWay. Lastly, over at iWay, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iWayPodcast at gmail.com. And now... We would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners. I weigh getting out of a deep state depression and enjoying life and everyone in it. All right. Thank you. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.